Praise the Lord. It's great to be here. It's good to be in this Toowoomba and uh, awesome place. I know God is doing uh, uh, wonderful things in your city. And the Spirit of God is no respect of person. Amen. The Holy Spirit is never a no respect of person. As long as there's a heart of God's people that are open to receive from Him and always keep your heart teachable. Always be open, saints of God. Don't ever get to a point where you don't stop learning. And as soon as you say, I don't want to learn, then you will become a a person that will become stagnated into your faith. And then you will get bored. And you'll get bored in your faith, bored in your salvation, and it just comes religious. Amen. But always keep your spirit open. Be teachable. Be open. Listen to the counts of God's word that comes from this place, from your leaders or whatever your uh, those elders are or from your parents. Praise God. And um, spiritually, we need a bit of a a bit of a spiritual slapping up now and then. Is that right? Amen. Because we get a little bit off the track, but we need a bit of those shepherds to guide us and to lead us. And uh, praise Jesus, and what a privilege it is to to receive those instructions in time of need. But I I've always find that whenever you're you're open, you're teachable, and you're uh, letting the Holy Spirit, He's always looking for that in your heart, and um, you know, and to to allow the Word of God to speak into our lives in Jesus' name. We don't want to become stiff-necked people, Amen. We don't want to come to a place where we just don't want to engage. We want to be open. Turn to someone and say, we want to be open. We want to be open. We want to be open. Keep our spirit right before the Lord. Keep our heart sweet. Amen. Don't allow any stuff to come into your heart. Guard your heart. Guard it. You know, the best person's going to guard it is you. You can have your pastor, you're going to have other people around you. End of the day, you are responsible for yourself. Amen. Nobody else but you and I. And as we guard our hearts and be alert and be sober-minded because the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking a place of opportunity to try and, you know, bring destructiveness in your life. And I find that whenever we are alert, sober-minded, always be ready because the enemy can come in like a flood. But the Bible says you rise up a standard. Keep a standard of righteousness in your spirit, in your heart. Keep the Word of God sound and strong in your mind, in your spirit. Always keep that in place in your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen? And so uh, I get the privilege to... You know, grow just as much as our pastor wants to see you grow in God's kingdom. And one thing is that Jesus, in his grace, in his love, in his mercy, always desires us for growth. You know, one thing is that I always find when people come to a, a, a you know, a, a, um, a distance in their faith, in their walk with God, and suddenly they just become complacent. They just wind down and just think, oh, is there any more in this? 
Do you realise there is? Deep comes with deep. Comes with a desire in your heart. Comes with this desire. And I've always been a young man. I met the Lord at 19 years old when Jesus came into my life. And when he came into my heart, and, um, and when he came into my heart, there was a guy, I was, in, I was in jail. What a place to be. What a place to meet Jesus. I wasn't in a maximum security, thank God for that. But I was in a, a program or sort of thing. And uh, there was a guy, he was a Christian. He was a funny Christian. But he was a Christian. I didn't even know what a Christian meant. Because I, I didn't even have the, the lingo of, you know, we say praise the Lord, hallelujah, free bags full, whatever. That didn't even have my, that didn't even be in my way of speech. It was far from my comprehension. But anyway, he's just telling me, Jesus is coming soon. I thought I got a maniac here. And I, I was locked in the same room, so I couldn't run. <laughs> and he said, Jesus is coming soon. And I thought, how's he going to come? Is he going to open this door for me? No, he meant Jesus is going to unlock the door of my heart. And anyway, it was a program where I went in Fridays and got out on a Sunday. And so the judge said, the best place for you, young man, because you're too active, is lock you up for the weekends. So anyway, and that's what they did. But I end up meeting this young fellow in there as a Christian. And he started telling me, Jesus is coming soon. So when the Sunday came in the afternoon that we can go home, I went back to his house where a Christian hostel, where all these Christians sitting around and having a cup of tea as usual. They love their tea and coffee. Well, guess what? Old auntie was sitting around the table and he was telling me, Jesus is coming soon. And she said to would you like to be born again? I was slapped in the face with that one again. And I'm thinking, um, um, okay. <laughs> and then before you know it, I've seen all these hands come laying on my head like laying hands on a football. Well, next minute I was born again by the power of God. Hallelujah. I was transformed. And it was just literally scales fell off my eyes. And I began to see creation. That every living thing in, on this planet Earth is alive, is tangible. It's not just plastic. Even though everything came from the Earth to produce this, to, poo, to give us this clothing. Everything came from the Mother Earth. Amen. From God as the Creator. And he produced everything from the ground to give us everything that would give us clothing and, and all the substance from that. And next minute, I was in another world. It was like eternity. I was like I was here, but I wasn't here. And everything I began to look at, they become very tangible and live, living and don't take life for granted, people of God. 
Then take the trees, what you have, the beauty, the splendor, the flowers, the land of everything that you have surrounding. God created it in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Psalms, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it and all its splendor and glory is from God to give to you. Can you imagine what Garden of Eden was like? It would have been the most beautiful, spectacular place of God's creation. And out of that, God gave us the privilege that we can participate, that we can have a feel of what God has created for us in Jesus' name. And that's, a, that's one of the beautiful things. And out of that place, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I was on the streets, Brother Pete. I was on the streets preaching about Jesus. And you know what my two sermons were? Jesus is coming soon. And you're going to be born again. <laughs> that was my greatest two sermons. And I said, praise God. And I used to go to, I don't know if you know, King's Cross up in, in Sydney. Well, I used to go up there and preach and to all the funny people. I won't say the particular people, but I'll call them funny ones. And I would talk to those sisters up there. And, you know, and I would run and tell them, Jesus is coming soon. They would run from me. And I would, and I would run with them. And I wouldn't leave them alone. I said, you've got to be born again. And they'd be screaming, get away from me. <laughs> praise the Lord. I said, get away from me. And anyway, praise God. And every place in the city, circle of key, I would go and preach Jesus, I would go and preach the Lord. Why? Because everything become real and tangible. The salvation of the Lord is not just some, you know, myth thing. It's real. The, the salvation of the Lord, the, the grace of God's love and mercy is awesome. It's powerful. It, it's not just something you read from the Bible it's, a, it's from the Bible, but it's not just some, you know, some magazine. It, it's God speaking to you. You want to know how he speaks to you, just read the Bible. If you don't read the Bible, you're not going to know God. Amen. If you don't know God, you're not going to know him until you read the Bible. The average Christian only reads the Bible for three minutes. How can you know God if you only read the Bible for three minutes? How can you know Jesus if you don't know the Word? The Word of God. The book of Amos tells us as the prophet speaking to the Israelites is symbolically the type of the church. And we live in the 21st century in this day of age. And Amos, the prophet begins to get data and revelation from God himself and he picks up in the spirit and he speaks and he says there's a famine of God's people not hearing the word. You realize we're living in it now, today. It's not only going to take the pastor to get up and give the effort in his own soul, in his own walk with God, his own salvation to try and pump you to read the Bible. It's got to come from yourself. 
your own revelation, your walk with God. And if your walk with God is not as what it should be, then you and I need to repent and say, Jesus, come in my heart again. You can be saved, but doesn't mean to say you believe. A believer can be sitting in the church every Sunday of the week, but doesn't mean to say they believe. We become religious and we're gone away from the tangible faith of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the grace of his love, his presence in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? There's a few little amens. I've got a, you know, we all have families. We all have a church family. And we all got to ask the same God that I have every day to help me in my walk with you. The same God I'm responsible with. Amen. And if you don't, you read your word. And, and the reason why I'm coming to this point here, and it's because of God's grace. And I better give you a scripture, don't you think? What do you reckon, bro? Amen. The word of God. Amen. Turn to summon. God's word is important for us. The word of God is important for you and me. For this day and age, the word of God, the very, you know, when I was a young Christian, I'd go to everything. I used to be a junkie. I used to be a junkie in the world. I used to be in addictions and habits. But when I got saved, I become a junkie for Jesus. I become addicted to the, to the house of God. Come on, church. House of God is not just some religious ornament of some structure system. It's real. It's tangible. The God's grace, the Spirit of God is real. It's not some sort of thing I have to hype you up to say, oh, do you believe? You either believe it or you don't believe it. Either you walk in it or you don't walk into it. Either you're hot or you're cold. Or you stand on truth or you don't stand on truth. At the end of the day, we've all got to stand before the Lord. Amen. I can't stand for you. You stand alone. I can't stand for my wife. Amen. There will be things I can stand for her in the world for moral standards and for everything that protects our faith. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. But I can't stand for her when we stand before the Lord. We all stand alone. You stand alone in your own walk with God. And you can't blame anybody to say, they did it to me and that's why I walked away from faith. That pastor done that to me. He hurt me. So I began to walk away. Or my wife took off or my husband, or whatever. No, you stand alone. You stand on your own. Everything's recorded. Hallelujah. It's just a sober, sober call this morning. Amen. It's just a, 
a wake-up call this morning for all of us. Turn to someone and say, praise the Lord for that. And I hope that this will encourage you, church. It's not here to, to um, tell you that we're any perfect or anyone's less important. Because, you know, I've been in the, in the shepherding and church for over 38 years. I know what it's like to be a pastor and shepherd people. I know there's stubborn ways. I know you've got to change people's nappies. I know you've got to put up with the criticisms and different things like that. How do you keep your spirit right before God, brother? Is you stay in the presence of God. You stay in God's presence. The presence of God is the most powerful thing that I can't give you. But it's your faith is, your, is the most element, important thing that Jesus Christ gives to us so we can come into the presence of God. The presence of Him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit that becomes so tangible. You know, the world doesn't need Band-Aid. The world needs Jesus. The world doesn't need to be Band-Aid by all the things that's happening. It needs Jesus. It needs Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember one day I'm walking in the, well, I walk in the shopping centres because I, I go in the shopping centres for a reason. I spy out. And I look for opportunities. So I had one sister, one lady, I call it sister. She had this lucky charm thing around her neck. And I went up to her, what, what's that around your neck? She said, oh, it's my lucky charm, is it? I said, that lucky charm is just false. You need Jesus. <laughs> well, she started manifesting. So she started running, and I, said, I started running with her. And I said, you need Jesus. Get rid of that lucky charm. You don't need to count the lucky charm around your neck. You need Jesus. Well, she started manifesting worse. <laughs> Praise God. I like stirring up people, see. <laughs> In a good way. Praise the Lord. And I go to the restaurants, and I look at people. Not like I'm an inspector. But I, I go into the places and I look for a word, Holy Spirit. Who you want me to give a word? Get ready. Because dynamically, there's someone there that needs God in them. Amen. Everyone in that room is loved by God. Made in the image of Jesus. Made in the image of our Father in heaven. Can I hear an amen to that? Hallelujah. Don't let boringness take control over your life. Faith keeps you alive in Jesus. The grace of God and his love and mercy in the name of Jesus. Turn to someone, praise the Lord. Come on. Let's give him praises. Give him praises this morning 
in the name of Jesus? Why is the word so important? Why is it so delightful to be in his presence in the word of God? Praise God. I'm glad you asked me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Turn to your Bible in Joshua in chapter 1. And if we got our Bible or we got our phone Bibles, iPad Bibles, electronically, amen. And you know the beautiful thing about it, amen, is that it gives us quick answers, doesn't it? And so I used to have that many Bibles. I used to go for the concordance and everything, the biggest thing like this and go through what does this word mean and now I can just press the button and I've got it all there. Man, it's so fast, isn't it? So here's the thing about uh, Joshua when after when when he calls him into, uh, God calls him into ministry after um, um, Moses when he uh, is taken out of this very leadership role and and Joshua begins to get an important statement, an important word. If you ever want to be prosperous spiritually, if you ever want to be successful, if you ever want to be a, a person of God, of letting out a healthy uh, and having a healthy soul in your life spiritually, you know, it's not about money. I mean, we need money to live. But the fact is, spiritually, is the most important thing that people want your faith that you have in Jesus. And he says this to us, and he says, This book of the law, God's word, let it not depart out of your mouth. Amen. Don't let it depart. When I was a young Christian, I used to, I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't understand it because I come from a world that didn't have the Bible in the house. The only time when I had the Bible is when my grandmother would, I would know she would read the Bible. But there was one time when I, when I tripped in the, in the drugs and uh, some reason I said, get the Bible. I was only a young fellow and I said, get the Bible. And all my cousins and saying, we got no Bible around here. What's he going, tripping or something? Well, I was tripping. And they said, get the Bible. I said, get the Bible. As soon as I got the Bible, brother, I put it on underneath my head and I went to sleep. What a good medicine. Praise the Lord. I went to sleep. I could have been still tripping out and tormented, brah. But the Bible helped me to sleep. So that's your answer. If you have sleepless nights, just put the Bible underneath your pillow. <laughs> and then you can have a good sleep instead of going to pharmacies. Amen. Well, I said that to many people and they said, now they're putting Bibles under their pillows. Amen. And especially if there's a gunge in the house. If there's a bad spirit, put a Bible, put it beside your bed. What the heck? Put the Bible beside your bed? No, you need the Bible in you. You need it in you. 
What good is a Bible sitting beside your bed and you don't even look at it? You poor thing. Put the Bible in your spirit, in your heart. Read the blinking thing. Can I hear an amen? amen? I used to read the Bible like this, brother. I used to read the Bible. And John 3.16. And I had another guy beside me. He's battling to read the Bible. But this is how I used to read. For God. Man, I sound like a turtle. <laughs> Going that slow. For God. And the other fellow said, now give it to me, I'll read it. He was worse than me. <laughs> I don't know if he was a turtle, I was a snail. But the fact is that as we started to read the Bible, the Word, the Holy Spirit educated me. The Holy Spirit has now given me a, a bachelor degree in humanology, how to study people's lives. I only got to speak to you for 60 seconds to know exactly where you're at in life. And the Holy Spirit doesn't even lead one second because he already knows what's going on. We're figuring it out in our brain, in our intellect, in our mind. We've got to go and do four years in psychology and humanology and go to university and study and learn how the brain and the body, how everything ticks. Well, everything's in the Bible. And that's good to, to go in those institutions to learn. When I go to the sophisticated churches, you ever heard of those sophisticated churches? The so-called sophisticated churches. Are, I'm online too. <laughs> I'm online with you too. I better not name those sophisticated places. But I do, by grace, I go into these places, all sorts of places, and they say, How, what university do you belong to? I said, oh, I'm glad you asked. I go to the Holy Spirit University. And they said, what's that? <laughs> Remember, they're sophisticated Christians. They just reason intellectually with their mind. But the Bible says this in prosperity and success. He said this with a, with a conviction, with the Spirit of God, with this profound message from God. He says, don't let this word depart from out of your mouth and meditate it day and night. Let this be a part of your life every day in your thoughts, in your words, in your deeds, and everything in your life in the name of Jesus. And you may say, gee, that pastor sounds like he's got it all together. No, I haven't. I'm glad you asked me. So that makes us human. But I've become more mature. By the grace of God. Amen. Anyone says he's perfect and got it all together, he's a liar. You dirty liar. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.20. We've all sinned. 
you dirty sinner. We've all fallen short. And what makes us perfected is Christ, that he loves us because of his own bloodshed. That's what makes me holy. I'm not holy. It's the blood of Jesus that makes me for what I am. Can I hear an amen to that? Because the mercy of God the Father is not based on the efforts of your religiosity. It's based on the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ. Let me come to the conclusion. How long I got to eat, brother? Two hours? Thank you very much. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I can preach for hours. I go to the outback communities, in the communities, and I preach for hours because they said, we want more. Come over this side, 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I said, how boring this is, Lord. Amen, brother. And yet we could sit down and watch a movie for two hours. Where's the training of our thinking? Where's the training of our thoughts? When the Scripture says, meditate on this day and night and let not this word depart out of your mouth instead of your mouth is using for a screamer. Speak the word. Declare his righteousness. Declare, even if your children's gone off the beaten track, speak hope. Don't talk about the problem. Speak hope and declare God's word in the name of Jesus that this situation is subject to change. Because if you talk about the problem, then that's all you've got to talk about, the problem. And the problem becomes the problem. But when you talk about the word and speak the word, prophesy the word, brother. If your business is going down, prophesy the word of God. Many business guys come to me and said, Pastor, can you come and pray for my business? I said, why? He said, I'm just not getting no income. Well, let's go. So I start praying and I prophesy and I declare against the spiritual issues that whatever that's trying to affect in the natural, in the name of Jesus, a command that anything that's trying to interfere with the resources of the finances of this, of this business in Jesus' name, I command you to go right now. And two months later, he rings me up and he says, and many of them says, oh, my business is flowing with milk and honey. I said, well, where's my 10%? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a God of breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. And no matter what little situations you're going through, God cares for you. Amen. He cares for you. He looks after the lilies of the field, book of Matthew, chapter 5. He looks after the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. How much more our Heavenly Father cares for you. You mean me? Yes, you. Every person in this place here this morning, our kids are very important. 
Amen. He's a wonderful God. Let me finish off with this. Can we have a keyboard? You are a great leader, sister. I like the way you stand like you've got a John Wayne stand. And you've already got a, a Western a gun ready to shoot the enemy. You're a blessing. And the scripture says to us, precept of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart of those that listen me. He says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to my eyes. Whenever darkness tries to shade over me, sister, the Word of God gives me light. It helps me understand. When I'm in confusion, when I'm, one of my kids are going through some different stuff, or my grandkids, I get the Word of God and I begin to speak the Word over my kids. I even lay hands on my dog. When my dog is sick, he gets hit with a car. And I said, Father, you care for everything of mine. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I talk to my dog and I said, in Jesus' name, I lay hands on the sick. In the book of Romans, it's called from the elders of the church. I'm an elder. So I'm laying hands on my dog. I said, in Jesus' name. I said, Abraham, his name is, because he's got a long life anyway. And I said, in Jesus' name, I lay hands on you. And the God of heaven that created you, I believe in the name of Jesus. I come in faith and I believe you're going to be healed. Well, that little tail didn't move. But each day that little tail was lifted up because I didn't want to go to the vet and pay $3,000. <laughs> Who wants to pay $3,000? No, thank you. I got a God that can do things in the miracle God. Well, I prayed and that little tail was moving slowly, slowly. And as weeks, days, few days go by, well, that little tail was like a little helicopter. And it got up on its legs, started moving around, the little tail started moving, and the expression of, of the joy of that little dog was feeling strong and healthy again. That's what God does to you and me. He makes us strong. He makes us healthy. He touches your life like never before. He's an awesome God. He knows your needs. He knows your cares. He's an awesome God. He knows what's happening in a nation, in your community, in your little house. He's a God that cares. Don't take life for granted. He's an awesome God. He never despises you. He never rejects you. 
He doesn't. People may reject you, but he doesn't. People might say hurtful things to your life, but he never says one word to hurt you. Everything that my God says about you, brother, he said, there's my, there's my creation. All the goodness of God, of His grace, of His love and mercy, just from the throne of God, goes into your life. How can you reject Jesus? How can you reject God for who He is and what He is? Read your word. Spend time in the presence. Each day you ask the Holy Spirit, give me strength today. Thank you.